This is Anshu Bahanda on Wellness Curated. Thanks for joining me on this podcast. My mission is to empower you with health and wellness so that you can then go and empower others. Welcome everyone. Lovely to have you here on this talk with the lovely Aisha Kochak. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And um, just to give you a little bit of a background, Aisha has been in the healthcare business for the last 25 years. She runs uh, an organization in London called PAR London. It's a clinic, right, Aisha? Yes, it is a yes. clinic in person, and we also have a remote clinic. Yes. So um, at that clinic, she does personalized testing for longevity and rejuvenation. And I attended a fabulous uh, weekend that Aisha had organized mm-hmm. on, uh, in the countryside on um, longevity. And there was a wealth of information and she has access to amazing uh, therapists. She's access to amazing tests as well. Um, and I just thought we should try and crunch it all into 20 minutes. <laughs> so without further ado, I'm going to start now. Um, I'm very excited about this topic because there is so much information and every day there's so much new developments in the field of longevity and it's all quite confusing for us laymen. Yeah. So Aisha, without much ado, I want you to tell us what mm-hmm. is longevity? What is the science of longevity? Okay. So in my perspective, the science of longevity is understanding the aging process and finding out ways to interfere, uh, to slow down uh, stop or reverse aging so we can stay younger for many more years so interesting is aging is a complex thing and we all age in so many different ways mm-hmm. uh, and I think another interesting factor is there's no aging gene so we do not there's no aging gene we don't gene. have a oh gene. that's interesting so then what is happening there why are we still getting older if we don't have the aging gene so what's mm-hmm. happening is we, we age because of the damage we cause to our genes. And what causes damage to our genes is stress, pollution, processed food, heavy metal toxins, animal proteins, bacteria, virus, food intolerances, radiation. So even, you know, sunburn, acidity in our body, even the natural uh, process of our DNA replicating causes DNA damage. Okay. but then one would say, okay, then is this unavoidable, you know, because mm-hmm. our own, you know, but it is avoidable because on top of our genes, there are some, there's a team of epigenetics team, which right. fix all the DNA damage or in the cell. So right. as long as they're sitting on top of the cell, they make the cell function, you know, properly. So if the epigenetic fixed team didn't leave the cell, we probably would live forever. Right. So because what happens is when they leave the cell to go and fix DNA damage, that's when the cell becomes inconsistent, you know, there's chaos. And eventually, if there's a lot of DNA damage, what I've you know, talked about before, then the epigenetic fix team never can return to the cell. And when okay. they don't return to the cell, the cell becomes senescent, a zombie cell. Which means it becomes that- senescent. Yeah, explain that because that's a word that floats around a lot. Okay. So a senescent cell is a zombie cell and it's, it's 
it's not functioning, it's not muta it's not dividing, it's not mutating, but it's still alive. And what mm -hmm. it does is it secretes cytokines which create inflammation. So that's what really ages us. So these cells that are zombie cells, senescent cells, that are, you know, they should be dead, but they don't, and they continue to harm us through releasing the cytokines that cause inflammation. So DNA damage has our epigenetic fixed teams to go and fix other things, and the cell, if it doesn't have the fixed team here, becomes a senescent cell, and then, okay. you know, that cell causes inflammation, and that inflammation actually ages us. And okay. it's all different, you know, why, how we age is different, because we have certain genes and mm -hmm. we have certain exposure to different things so right. that each of us are impacted differently by these different factors because of our uh, bio-individuality, I mm -hmm. would say. So a diet that's perfect for me could be aging for you. For so, someone else. And we change over time. So it's a very complex yet uh, interesting process, you know, but, but we don't have an aging gene. So it's very closely connected to genetics, even though we don't have an aging gene. Correct? It's connected to genetics. Yes, exactly. But, you know, in the form of also epigenetics, mm -hmm. which we can actually change, you know, through our lifestyle. So okay. our epigenes tell our biological age, which is our real age, not the chronological age, but biologically, how our fast are we aging? Because where our epigenes are, how they're functioning, we can tell that. Okay. So therefore, that's what's really important. Okay. So on the basis of what you've just explained to mm -hmm. us, can you tell us how long do you think our generation is expected to live with all the medical advances that right. have happened? Okay. So if you, you know, I think you know, eight to 10 years ago, uh, the estimated average age for a civilized nation like US was about 79 years old. Okay. Which civilized, okay. Relatively <laughs> long time, but still not close to the yeah. oldest human on record, which is a French woman. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeanne Carman is the name. Right. And she lived until 122 years. Oh my goodness. Yes, she died in August 1997. Right. Um, so therefore, you know, as far as we know, the limit, you know, the longest living human being is a woman uh, who lived till 122. So, but of course. Say, yeah, that, that's our limit. Other scientists conclude that there's a natural limit to human mm -hmm. lifespan of 115 years of old. And there's another school of thought which says that there is no limit to human longevity. So okay. it's still a, you know, interesting topic that's being debated, I would say. Uh, but, you know, as a fact, we know that someone lived till uh, 122. But for our generation, mm -hmm. do you think 79 is still what is expected? No, I, I do think that that 79 was about 10 years ago. Okay. So that has, you know, uh, expanded. And then also I would say it differs from individual to individual. It differs from how genetically, you know, predisposed to we are to certain diseases mm -hmm. and how we live our lives and how whether we address what's aging us or not is a very important factor. Because okay. it's not a you know, general, you know, concept of, you know, eat broccoli and you'll stay younger. No, you know, that's, that's not true. So I think, you know, uh, there are many different factors. So addressing those would help. I mean, next generation, uh, mm -hmm. their lifespan, actually, 
uh, Aubrey de Grey, a scientist that was actually going to come and give us a speech, unfortunately that was cancelled. Right, um, right, yes. He's, he predicts that average age of a, a human being born at the end of the century will be about 5,000 years. 500? 5,000 years. What? Yes. Oh, my God. End of this century. Yes, correct. You know, Whoa. With that's what he predicts that it will be. Um, wow. Because I remember that talk we attended, which you had organized, uh-huh. from Andrew Scott, where he said, that our generation should live about 90. Mm-hmm. And I think he said five, 10 years after, the people born 10 years after, us might live to be 100. Is that right? That's all right. But then, you know, within about 80, 70 years, it's, you know, exponentially can increase wow. to 5,000, which is interesting. Wow. So what do you think are the latest, or what have you heard are the latest innovations that have been made in this field of longevity? And why is it that you're saying that, you know, it's exponentially growing, Ari? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I see this as a three-step approach. The Mm -hmm. first step I see is, you know, the advances around optimizing our own biology, what we have today. Okay. Um, Even what we do at PAR, as you have uh, summarized, you know, through different latest technology and methods, we're able to assess bio-individuality, you know. So right. therefore, things that we didn't know before, now we can know at the individual level. And then so Can I mean, you explain bio-individuality in the, b- before you carry on? Sure. Bio-individuality is that, you know, all of us are made different. You know, we have a metabolism that works different. You know, we have genes that are different. We live in environments that are different from each other. We think differently. We relax different, you know, we accumulate different toxins. And so therefore, you know, aging for all of us is an individual process. It's not Mm -hmm. the same. So how we live our life, our gene, everything I've described defines the speed of our aging. So Mm -hmm. therefore, that's why, you know, it's important to look at every individual's bio-individuality and Mm -hmm. assess what's aging you, what's aging me. And Mm -hmm. we have technology and different methods to look at that now you know the human genome project has opened i think you know broad horizons for looking at the genome of you know the individual the microbiome you know on the metabolic side many different will you explain genome will you explain microbiome please sure (laughs) the human genome is our genes you know the you know the uh, proteins that you know tell our body to you know be structured made a certain way it would be a very i think simplistic explanation of it Mm -hmm. and then the gender the microbiome is actually our gut you know and the flora of its gut and it's actually three to five kilos of you know bacteria reside there and their you know gene their uh, genome also impacts us so it's a complex yet beautifully functioning mechanism it's important to understand that and Mm -hmm. it's important to understand what are the key things that we should prioritize as an individual because there yeah. are so many things to do. Like you said, we're reading, all, hearing all sorts of things. Yes, yes. There's hundreds of experts. Everybody says, you know, this is the way to approach it. But I think the most important thing is understanding yourself and then designing certain things to your lifestyle, which are really going to help you. So I would say that there, there is a lot of innovation in that field. 
And once right. we understand our bioindividuality, then we can figure out what to eat, what mm -hmm. vitamins, what, uh, sub, you know, what supplements we may be needing, because if we're missing them, it's an important thing. What toxins we've accumulated, we need to get rid of. Uh, you know, what, how to, you know, what, how sleep is affecting us, how we should mm -hmm. be sleeping, how we should be relaxing, our exercise, our energy, overall management of our energy. And, you know, finally, I would say also our purpose in life, you know, that's mm -hmm. also very important. So once understanding the individual, then designing certain things, you know, with these uh, personalized ways, I think is a new innovative way of approaching longevity. And Sorry, go ahead. You were saying something. Go ahead. I was going to say that once we address that, once we, if we need to fix our microbiome, if certain, if it's not balanced or if we have parasites or if we have accumulated so many toxins or if we have some key uh, vitamins and minerals missing, then I don't see the point of going to the next level. Yeah, but if yeah. are addressed, then I think it would be, you know, best thing is to go to the next level, which is, you know, the innovations that, you know, the innovations. About, you know, the metformin. It's, yeah. it's a very well-known medicine. It's used for um, increasing... Diabetes. Isn't it used for diabetes? It is. It increases cell sensitivity for insulin, which is a hormone that takes up sugar from blood. And it's well studied and it's millions of people used it. Now we're seeing that people who use it have less incidences of cancer, cardiovascular disease. So it's being studied now. We will see more results It's on its longevity. Uh, there is resveratrol, you also mm -hmm. pointed out in your message. Which is that in red wine? The red wine thing. I mean, it's, you know, data hasn't really supported everything about it. But then, you know, along with it, you know, uh, rapamycin is also another similar molecule to it. And these two actually um, make body mimic calorie restriction, have the effect, beneficial effects of calorie restriction on the body, which okay. is proven to extend life. So you're saying metformin and... No, resveratrol and rapamycin yeah. are the two okay. molecules that are being studied and right. they seem to mimic the beneficial effects of calorie restriction in our body. And okay. calorie restriction is a proven, uh, right. proven extend life. So we also have NAD infusions. Yes. You know, a different way. Our, you know, it yes. helps repair damage, repair our cells, effects of you know, oxidation in our body. Um, there's data, so there's research going on. There's parabiosis, which is you're getting young blood. So that's mm -hmm. also being studied. I think Stanford studied this extensively in animal models, and now they're studying in human as well. And you know, it seems to also you know be interesting. And then the senolytics, which is about, about the senescent cells, you know, getting rid of the yes. cells, the zombie cells that I described. Um, and there are right. you know a couple of molecules. So the second one is after optimizing our biology, mm -hmm. it's. Uh, it's reprogramming biology. So yes. this is, uh, there's a lot of research going on here and with many positive results. This is uh, reprogramming the information, the processes of our body. One way of doing this is the stem cell therapies. Right. So a stem cell is a, what is a stem cell? It's a universal cell, which means it can be turned to any organ, any tissue that mm -hmm. needs repair. Mm -hmm. So if we could, let's say, cut our skin and one year later, there's no scar that means our stem cells have 
rebuild that tissue. Mm -hmm. So stem cell therapies, there are two things. One is the stem cells uh, go to where they need to go, you know, to repair. Right. And they also right. um, do the job of doing, of repairing when they go there. Of repairing. But there are right. successful research happening. And now they're, you know, rebuilding heart muscle, they're rebuilding bones and extending healthy life. So there's a lot of, I think, on the reprogramming side, a lot is going on. So, uh, and also the RNA interference, which is turning off genes. So there are some harmful genes that we have, and they right. have been identified. So there's a lot of research going on how we can turn off those genes so right. they don't express themselves. Even if we, you know, have the uh, DNA damage, we don't uh, get them to express So you mean so we have a cancer gene in us, you can turn it off, or we have a predisposition to diabetes. Exactly. Yes. Wow. Predisposition to, you know, many diseases. We do have that. And they, they can be turned off. You know, the RNA interference, it's called. And there are about 1,000 different drugs for that. It would be interesting. And this wow. would be about right. reprogramming our biology. So, right. and the last one I would say is replacing our biology with better technology. So this okay. is a little bit more technology. out there. You know. What does yes, that mean? so this is the nanotechnology revolution where we will go beyond the limits of our biology and live very, very, very long. So oh, wow. sub-microscopic nanotech circulate through our bloodstream, very small. I mean, it's can't seen with eye, performing right. the function of natural cell tissues only with more precision and reliability. So, for wow. example nanorobots in our bloodstream keep exactly the right amount of nutrients, hormones, other substances. At the same time, they get rid of the toxins or bacteria, cancer cells, and keep everyone very healthy. There are some wow. conceptual nanorobots to replace blood cells, white blood cells, red cells, and do the job 1,000 times more effective than our own blood cells. So, Aisha, so is this all this is, in the research stage or is this actually being used is, practically? No, no, no. This is in research stage. They still have another, I think, you know, probably 10, 15 years to come okay. or 15, 20 years to come, I would say. But a team in Harvard actually already developed a nanosensor that can test, go into the body and test body fluid to detect infection, cancer, you know, defects and etc. So there is mm -hmm. a lot happening actually the field that's why it's important to optimize our biology so that we benefit from the you know um from all these uh coming, from all the other you stuff. know yeah exactly yes all the other developments so, but tell me today what can we do to keep ourselves younger for longer all this is in the research stage we don't know sure. when it'll mm -hmm. come to us when it'll be affordable to the average person to you know to access mm -hmm. so what would you recommend today Sure. I mean, this is all, and like you said, exciting, you know, technology, but the fact remains that, that our first step is get the basics right with ourselves. So again, say bio-individuality. So I would say that, you know, knowing what, how what's aging, you're addressing that, then the general things that I do, you know, that I would say, you know, after uh, the more personal things that I would do, you know, I would say eat less, keep a meal, you know, a day. Uh, eat plant-based, minimize animal protein because that also causes genetic damage. Okay. Uh, 
cause the usual, you know, so those cause, you know, sugar causes DNA damage. Eating fresh, local, seasonal, organic vegetables and fruits, because if, you know, this is, you know, helping us also causing less DNA damage. Ensuring mm -hmm. that our body has the right minerals and the vitamins that it needs. So that's also yeah. important. Detoxing okay. the heavy metals that you've accumulated is important. Okay. Uh, minimizing the electromagnetic pollution, the use of the cellular phones. After this program, you know, we should stop the use of it for a while. So you know, certainly that's important. Exercising at least a minute a day. Okay. Um, and one other interesting is staying on the cool side, keeping the rooms that we sleep cooler, that's you know, not warm. Okay. That's also keeping our genes young. Uh, relaxing the mind, uh, taking care of our energy, thinking about it and taking care of it. Sleeping six to eight hours a day, no matter mm -hmm. what anybody says, I still think that that's critical. Knowing your purpose and, you know, living joyfully, enjoying life, definitely, I would say are the key things to stay younger for longer. Okay, the, now I have another question for you. So some of us have had crazy lives, right? We've been on planes every week. We, you know, it's what, what was happening in this sure. world was just, we were all going crazy. How can we reverse yeah. that? Because I know you deal with rejuvenation as well. Yes, absolutely. So I think, you know, again, it, the same concept, the same principles will hold. Understanding where you are. You know, mm -hmm. understanding where you are genetically, metabolically, where you're epigenetically. So all of that. And then addressing them. It doesn't have to be in one day, all of it at the same time. You know, it's slowly introducing that would work for you. Will make a big difference. It's like the ship. You change a little bit and then, you know, after 24 hours, you end up in a very different place. So no matter what damage you have caused to your body, I think it's still, you know, possible to reverse it, to stop it, slow down and reverse it. With this, I think it's possible. And there's a lot of okay. things coming as well in addition to that. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Aisha. That was a very informative talk. I'm going to move to questions now. And I'm going to ask you some of the okay. questions that people have been asking. So someone said, in the US, the current generation of children Mm -hmm. have a lower life expectancy than their parents. Why is that? Do you have any idea? Is it genetics? Is it food? Well, it has I to think... be a combination of all of it. Uh, okay. It has, you know, the reason why a child would have a, you know, lower life than a parent is has to do with the, uh, how they live their life. You know, what they eat and the way they think, the lack of being out in nature. So all these are, you know, why they would be uh, having a less life. So what yes. is the best place the to get? Someone's asking about, is genetic testing still an experimental stage? And what is the best place to get it done? Individual genetic testing. I thought you do that as well, don't you? Well, I would say, sure. Uh, I would say that, you know, at par, what we do is we personalize all the work with the top, you know, genetic research around the world, the companies that do it. So, you know, certainly this is something that uh, depending on what you want to test, do you want to get your full genome or do you want to mm -hmm. look at your epigenetics or do you want to look at your predisposition to different diseases or do you want to look at your nutritional traits, other traits that are important for your health? 
So there are many different things. I think it would be important to understand what the objective is. Then, you know, guiding would be easier after that. Okay. So if people are worried about a particular illness or a disease, which maybe have been then their family or if that they have had it, of it coming back, okay. their children getting it, what test would you suggest? Just then I would suggest doing the predisposition to genetic, you know, genetic predisposition to diseases test. Genetic predisposition to disease. So that test disease. would tell what diseases they are predisposed to, what inherited genetic conditions they may have, mm -hmm. um, as well as some important genetic traits, as well as if they were to get sick, how they would mm -hmm. respond to certain drugs. Okay, lovely. And uh, someone else asked about metformin because we mentioned it. And I, like I said, it's so controversial <laughs> at the moment. But they said it's banned in right. certain countries. Do you want to just talk about that quickly? Uh, I have never heard that it was banned in certain countries. Uh, I, uh, you know, metformin has been used has been in the market and being used or approved by FDA since 1994 and it's available in many different countries uh, so i have not heard it was banned uh, but it is a as i said increases this insulin side of the cell and uh, which is mm -hmm. you know insulin that helps the body detect sugar from blood so it is helpful in that sense but it has been mm -hmm. used in millions of people uh, scientists have been able to see the patterns of people using it and then maybe that people using it have less of a cancer detected in them, less cardiovascular disease and significant improvement in their diabetic um, uh, diabetes, uh, different biomarkers. So, uh, that, so that's why do more people be prescribed that? Why are more I think people not taking People it? are being prescribed. Even WHO has, you know, classified it as a very essential drug for, you know, most people. And that's why everything needs to be personalized. I don't right. think metformin or any other drug is good for everybody. Right. So it needs to be individual, given individual. So if there is a problem with the kidney or you know, if there is something else going on, it may not be good for you. I'm just referring to okay. some of the studies that were done and right. some of the results right. of them. There are right. studies showing benefits of things. So right. um, I, I'm talking for the general, you know, uh, yeah. population and the data out there. Yeah. Okay. And what, what do you think about collagen? Someone else is asking about this collagen health. I mean, it, it seems to do well for the skin, but I haven't read any specific uh, research on the impact of collagen and longevity for any other thing than the skin. I, I'm not aware of anything. Okay. And tell <laughs> us a little more just before you go, Aisha, because I know we're I, having I some problem with bandwidth today from... for you. So just before you go, do you want to tell us a little more about the blood yes. uh, procedures yes. you were talking uh -huh. about? Uh, you mean the assessments? No. You, t you were talking about some way that they put back blood? Something that they're doing to oh, increase... Oh, carabiosis. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, they're changing... You know, they've done animal studies, and it shows that uh, they basically... Um, you know, young blood from young mice, when put into older mice, regenerates, rejuvenates. 
So, and now they're doing, you know, the human studies, but mm -hmm. I do know that some people have tried it. So they're trying it. It, it seems to, it, the animal model seems to also help rejuvenation. I think we've, you answered all the questions. Thank okay. you so much. You. I will, I know it's a lot to take and I know it's a huge field of information sure. because, of course. you know, I've been looking at it for a while and I, you know, so thank you so much sure. for clarifying Absolutely. things for us today. Of course. With pleasure. With pleasure. Well, very nice to see you, Anshu. Anytime you need. Okay. Thank you. Very Lovely. Much. Very nice to have okay. you here. And thank you everyone for being here. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for the questions as well. Bye-bye. Bye. Lots of love. Thanks for joining us. Hope you enjoyed the Wellness Curated podcast. Please subscribe and tell your friends and family about it. And here's to you leading your best life.